Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Max. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. What else? The damn cat wants to go outside. I have uh, started this terrible tradition of taking my cat outside every day. And he's an indoor cat, so it's just kind of, it's kind of fun to hear that, you know? All right, the music bed is back. Yeah. One time. Two and a half times. Got the Mellotron, big dumb sound of bass. Yeah, I'm just rolling with a really bad bass. You can hear my cat. What do you think, Mo? I'll turn this way down. All right, welcome. This is episode seven. Loose Movements is the name of the podcast now. You may find us on iTunes. Sorry, the podcast app. I grew up um, to some extent with iTunes. You know, iTunes kind of came to prominence when I was in early high school. Um, you know, the internet was was in its uh, infancy, really. I mean, I don't know. When did I notice it as a consumer? I had the uh, AOL Instant Messenger and things like that in like 1997. Around the same year, I started playing guitar. And uh, so, so that was that was kind of interesting because at the age of 13, you could uh, you could find guitar tabs, learn guitar, find porn on the burgeoning internet, discover masturbation, you know, I mean, it's like I discovered masturbation before that, but we're not going to go down that road. (laughs) Can you imagine a morning zoo DJ kicking it off, just announcing when he discovered masturbation (laughs) for like a mass media market, like a Detroit or a or a Chicago, or like a, um, let's just name cities, Dallas, Houston, you know, fuck Texas, I don't care about Texas. I don't, that's not true, I don't mind Texas. I've been to like three cities in Texas, though. I've been to like um, Austin, I've been to San Antonio. Oh shit, I don't, I don't remember where else. It's all just big ranches. You drive for like two hours and there's a fence line to your right or your left, depending on, you know, whether you're the driver or the passenger. And, uh, you know, it goes on for like two fucking hours and then you see like a gateway open up and then the fence continues for another fucking two hours and then you see a boundary fence going perpendicular to it away from you. And uh, you're aware that like, rich fucking farmers own like huge ranches not farmers I don't, I don't know ranchers ranchers texas has got all the cool names for shit you know they got the marshals or they got the uh, rangers texas rangers ranchers cowboys cowpokes uh fucking el mariachi maybe i don't know um, I think uh, Texas has got some cool aspects to it, but it's also really fucking disturbing and huge and kind of boring to drive across, you know? Even more boring than Michigan. But I digress. What do we have going on in the news today? I like to go to news.google.jeffbezos.org. Um, and I like to ask Jeeves questions there. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know. I'm seeing photos of, uh, of dudes falling from airplanes in Afghanistan. And that kind of, I think spells out like the kind of, uh, not funny aspect of first world problems. You know, when you're so desperate 
when a country like the U.S. haphazardly pulls out of Afghanistan and sort of uh, boards people on a cargo jet, creating like sort of chaos as the Taliban literally just floods in to like take the seat. It's like diplomatically, that region, politically, that region has been switched off like the fucking idol and the, the bag of sand, you know, at the, uh, at the uh, not the Temple of Doom. Is it the Temple of Doom? No, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. You know, where Indy's like, you know, flipping his hat up so he can see a little bit better. He's weighing the sand in his hand. He's looking at the idol that he's trying to steal. And he's, you know, trying to guess how much mass it is. So he lets a little bit of sand out, right? And then he weighs it correctly. Hold on. I got a cat here. Put him on mic. Talk. Go ahead. Go ahead, Max. Go ahead. Oh, he's gonna be a dick. He's gonna meow like crazy, but when I bring him up here, he doesn't have shit to say. That is so typical feline. You know what I mean? It's really kinda, I don't know why the hell I'm doing this, you know? I'm in such an existentially threatened state. You know what I mean? I look around and I don't see many things that work. You know, not not on like a on a rational level, not on a functional level. Um, nothing kind of works, <laughs> and that's really frustrating. Um, you know, the government doesn't appear to work so well. People's confidence in that the government doesn't seem to work so well to enable it to work well in the first place. You know, so it's like a you know, I, I hear there's like another January 6th sort of uh, protest that's planned for <laughs> September 16th. So like the day after my mother's birthday, maybe the Capitol will, will be destroyed utterly, you know? So um, I'm, I'm nervous. <coughs> I don't know what the hell is going to happen. And you know, you try to read the experts to get their takes on it. And soon enough, you realize it's not about having the right take. It's not about being convinced by the right expert. It's just the fascination in the subject of the, the demise of civilization and trying to approximate your feelings of, is this real? Is this real? Is this really happening? You know, the other night I went outside and uh, it was about midnight and I was walking, me and my wife, and we were, you know, just kind of chit-chatting, having a normal uh, evening walk, just to kind of wind down from the stress of the day. And we get down this street and it's clear skies above and you can see like a significant amount of stars, but we're kind of in like a neighborhood setting with a lot of street lights and stuff. So there's enough light pollution to sort of obscure your sense of things. But off in the distance, I notice like, you know, every once in a while you notice like a, a little bit brighter star. For example, today, it's the 16th of August, um, I noticed, you know, in the basically the southwestern sky, well, actually kind of the southern sky fading into the southwestern sky as you get into the morning, um, there's a really bright object in the sky and it's, um, it's Jupiter or Saturn. I don't, I don't know which. I, I didn't get through the article I read about it. But anyway, it's, um, it's really kind of cool. But, you know, you notice stuff like that all the time, and they're not always planets. So, like, I looked out in the sky, and I'm not saying I saw a UFO, but I saw, like, a blinking light uh, that was brighter than the stars around it. And so that caught my attention. So I, you know, kept walking, kept talking, and I noticed another one. And then another one. 
and I'm noticing they're all at the same level in the sky, the same plane. And they're all traveling kind of at a regular rate, like maybe the speed of like a very slow jetliner in the distance. So I'm thinking, wow, three in a row. And then I see four in a row. And I'm like, what is this? It's like off on the horizon in the pitch black of night, a train of like four, five, six, and it keeps going. Um, perfectly spaced. They're uh, kind of marching along. And I'm thinking, I just watched that shitty new fucking, uh, what's his name? The guy from 300, uh, not Gabriel Byrne. Fuck, man, I'm, I'm losing it. Uh, not Gary Busey, Richard Gere. We'll call him Richard Gere for now. Why the fuck is Richard Gere? I watched that movie about the Armageddon and flying to Greenland. Yeah, Greenland. Um, and in that, they had like hundreds of cargo planes that they would fly the elite people and the important people, the essential workers, if you're conspiratorial and worried about that term as being sinister. They had, you know, sort of the essential people to get to Greenland to avoid the extinction event and rebuild the world thereafter. And um, so I had that premise fresh on my mind as I'm watching these little dots trace across the sky in a perfect row. And now it's like seven eight, nine, and I'm thinking, are those cargo ships? Are they going to Selfridge? Yeah, they seem to be flying in that direction, you know, over towards Mount Clemens. And I'm like thinking, man, is this really happening? Like I'm, the it's really happening thing really hit me uh, that night. I thought for sure it's those planes. And then I started thinking darker thoughts. They're just deploying off of like a dark matter mothership, you know, like the monolith from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. You know, it's it's flying at the exact right angle to reflect or to uh, basically absorb any light coming at it from any angle and to appear as an obscure void in the sky. And out of that, there's dumping now 13, 14, 15, you know, little alien scout ships and they're filing in just as they have planned. Or is it China 15, 16, 17, 18? Is it China? Do they have that technology? Is that the ship that they've been seeing off the, the coast of San Diego? 20, 21, 22. I mean, it is still going, but they're projecting off sort of the northeast a little bit as if it's the Star Wars title sequence scroll you know it sort of is wide at the bottom so you can read it but narrows towards the top and disappears into space um, that's what this felt like so that just really, really, really upset me. I didn't know what to what to what to make of it. My wife was terrified too. We were both like, "Okay, this is it. <laughs> we need to reckon with our death. Do we need to run back and get our cat? You know, as much as I love my cat, do I really want to be carrying a cat through like an alien wasteland landscape just to keep him around? It's not like we're going to be able to cuddle on rubble. You know what I mean? Um, Cuddling a cat on rubble is like one of the most like ruthlessly absurd sort of images I can think of in this post terror event apocalypse. You know? Yeah, so I've been reckoning with my mortality in really weird sort of displaced ways like that. You know, worrying about a real alien invasion when I should probably be worried about the fact that I'm not in great shape. I'm not, I'm not feeling that well a lot these days. You know, I've got a lot of brain fog. 
I don't know if I've ever caught COVID. Frankly, I don't even want to talk about COVID usually. It comes up just because it affects all of our lives like really deeply, but you know, I've hit critical mass on talking about subjects, you know, idly a lot within the past year. And in, you know, reading some sort of uh, critical race theory books and things like that, just trying to educate myself on um, kind of what newsworthy bickering is going on. I've kind of sunken into that world where I'm honestly trying to approach an unhealthy <laughs> obsession or fascination with the zeitgeist and current events through mindless thumb twiddling devices such as the iPhone and all of the apps contained therein, the news, the social media, the, the Reddit, the comment boards, the, the YouTube, the, the TED Talks, the cooking tutorials, the you know conspiracy videos, the political pundit shows on the left and on the right, and the insufferable podcasts that I hate listen to. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll spot something I enjoy. This pandemic is something I don't love to talk about because it represented being at home and me becoming more insular and more, more curious, but also self-flagellating in my will to understand now emergent, differing, and potentially volatile opinion that I'm observing all around me, even if it's masks or vaccine skepticism to be kind about it um it's all disconcerting you know the other day we were going back from uh dinner with uh my my parents for my wife's birthday and uh we basically uh we're driving home and all of a sudden out of my rearview mirror on the driver's side, I see this like Dodge Durango coming up at about like 70 miles per hour. And this is a kind of a main thoroughfare, but the speed limit is 25 miles an hour. And this guy just rips past me and he comes within a fucking razor's width of hitting my mirror and who knows, if he was swerving, he might have hit the side of my vehicle or took me out. Who knows? So that's exhilarating, but I whip my head forward, and he's up ahead about 50 yards at an intersection with a red light, and two cars stopped at it. So he goes around them into the left turn lane, fully still at 70 miles an hour intending to turn, but he slams on his brakes and then all of a sudden goes left peels off into the night. I have no idea where he went, but it was westward. And then in my rear view, I see police sirens and they're rolling up just as fast. Two of them SUVs. So I think this guy must've done something terrible. And I love my community. You know, I'm, I'm skeptical of police practices and their contribution to, you know, systemic racism and things like that. But ultimately in my community, what I've observed, how I've interacted with them, they, they're upstanding, socially conscious people. And we live in a bit of an oasis of a community. And perhaps that's worth examining further, you know, for any malevolence within it. But truth be told, I trust the Ferndale police officers. They've been very responsive to simple stuff with us. And, and, um, and in, you know, accidents and stuff like that, they've been very courteous and really helpful. And honestly, I just chat with them a lot at like 7-Eleven and stuff. So the cops tear after him, I think to point out the window and, and sort of shake my finger and point like down the street where he went. So the cops go right after him. And uh, I don't know if they caught him. I'd be surprised if he was going that speed, if he didn't wreck into a car, flee the scene, or uh, or just get away altogether ahead of the cops far enough that they uh, they couldn't catch him.
So a couple days go by. My wife says our neighbor mentioned uh, they were talking about that event. My wife says uh, that her daughter the other day was out to the 7-Eleven. She was going to the 7-Eleven and was in the parking lot and about to go in. And a woman inside came out and said, told her that the, the store was being held up at gunpoint. It was an armed robbery and they needed to turn around and get away. And so they did so. And it turns out that was that what that car was. It was that car containing armed robbers fleeing the scene. And it's just, it's been an interesting year, man. It's been really interesting. See how desperate a lot of people are. You, you, you know, living near Detroit, you hear a lot of gunshots at night and stuff, and it kind of keeps you up and you wonder, you know, at first you wonder who that hit, if it hit anything. Because it happens like every night. Every night you hear it. And um, it's disturbing. And then you read about it on the Ring app or you read about it in the news that there's been a shooting, you know, around, you know, Seven Mile and, you know, or around Myers or like, you know, somewhere along Greenfield or the Woodward Corridor, you know, south of eight mile, you know, it's, it's tough. I'm, I'm a white kid from Dexter, Michigan, which is a very, um, small rural community comprised of many people that look and sound exactly like me and have similar experiences to me. And you know, to, to live in Detroit now is just a different experience and I'm having a different interface with uh, the realities of violence, crime, and other fun stuff uh, of that nature. I, it's not like I wasn't familiar with it when I was, you know, like a 20-something kid uh, living in Ann Arbor and like the, the co-op system and stuff like that. You know, I remember going to a gas station once and um, coming home and then my uh, my roommate came home a little bit later and went to the same gas station saw the saw a guy rush in who was recently stabbed. He had like his intestines hanging out. <laughs> so I mean, the sh I mean, shit happens everywhere. You know, I mean, I was at a New Year's Eve party when I was, like, probably 19, maybe. And, uh, um, somebody pulled a gun and everybody sort of fled in a panic. And there was, like, a giant rush up the stairs. We had to run upstairs and sort of lock ourselves in my, uh, friend's room. Um, but, you know, you run across these things. In Detroit, it's a lot more frequent face-to-face encounters with violence or crime, you may, you know, not ever see it, but you'll definitely hear it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take a break. I'm making an effort to put out our episodes, so we're going to do three parts, and uh, we'll be back after this. And, uh, I don't know, man. I've been watching, uh, you know, Kubrick movies, a lot of Kubrick movies. Um, I've been trying to slog through Barry Lyndon. It's a beautiful looking film, but the storyline is just, uh, I can't get into it. I'm only about an hour in out of, uh, over three hours. That movie's an over three hour movie. So, uh, movie film, cinema picture. Um, 
Yeah, I was, uh, you ever think, um, that, you know, humans, what will happen on an evolutionary level from all these years of, like, tearing frozen food bags open with your teeth, <clears throat> or the specific, like, finger dexterity to, like, pull a bag of chips open, break that seal, pull it open, the pinch and pull, pinch and pull method, you know, if I had to have, like, a, you know, like a, a snack training course, <laughs> I don't know who that would be for, for kids, or maybe for vegans, or, like, reformed, uh, reformed, uh, health food nuts, reformed uh, you know, super athletes, you gotta take you off those grains, teach you how to open up a box of Cheez-Its and roll it back down so they don't spoil, you know, rolling a bag while you're putting your arm into a box, you know, what kind of evolution is going to occur because of that, you know, um, are we gonna have scissors for teeth one day? Can you imagine being a scissor-beaked human? I, um, I'm not going to rule it out because I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on at all. Other than that, uh, I've been struggling with, like, migraines. And, uh, I've been struggling with depression. And, um, you know, I, I haven't been eating well. I've been, I've been scissor-beaking a lot of bags of, like, frozen lasagna and, like, um, you know, Cheddar Jack-flavored Cheez-Its. Um, I do like the Cheddar Jack-flavored Cheez-Its because they add a little bit of extra tang. I think it's just more flavor dust, so it's like, it's like putting a distortion pedal on your tongue for flavors. You can put that on a t-shirt, you know. Drink it on mic again. Um, what else is going on? Um, I've, I'm going to be headed up north this, this weekend. Play some guitars and, like, chill. And uh, enjoy the terror of absolute darkness in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. It brings so much needed, like, kind of peace and calm to my life. Um, and I, I, I enjoy that, uh, from time to time. I'm, uh, so I'm gonna do that. It's kind of an impromptu thing, but, you know, that's how these things go. Um, but yeah, migraine kicked my ass earlier today, you know, I was on my way to work and I sneezed and my right eye felt like it was going to explode out of my head, you know, it's just local pain and pressure in the ocular region, you know, sort of seeing halos in my left eye with like electrified neon colors, it's like, did somebody put acid in my Jimmy John's today, you know, like, took me back to the early 90s when I was like trick-or-treating and you know you turn on 2020 on like Friday night at 10 o'clock under the blue glow of the television you hear from Hugh Downs about how razor blades were being put in kids candy so as you're packing up your plastic pumpkin and you're getting ready to head out the door yourself in your Darth Vader outfit or whatever the fuck it is you know you've got a uh, you gotta worry about that stuff. And, um, maybe this is a, a similar thing we ought to worry about now, like the Chipotle, uh, choker or something like that, or like the, the, the Qdoba queen killer or something, I don't know, like, put stuff in trans, uh, people's, uh, 
food at the diner or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. I never presumed to know much of anything. I think you remember maybe on episode two that I don't even know what to know about knowing, right? I don't even know how to know that I know something. I think that could be the country's motto, or at least Kentucky's, you know, I I kid about that. I don't have anything bad to say about Kentucky. I know you have a good mix of bluegrass that I buy a lot from Home Depot that doesn't quite take in my barren yard. But, uh, you know, I, I know you guys have a fascination with whiskey and bourbon and, you know, you got rolling hills and horses and shit. You know, good. All good. I drive through you to get to Tennessee, which is really beyond like parts of Texas and I won't even count Texas because well I mean Tennessee is the red state I like you know and I would say Texas is the red state I kind of like but that's like saying I I love all of the red states combined because Texas is just red brother Um, but I don't want to get into politics. I really don't. I don't want to get into colors. I don't want to get into, um, any of that shit. And I don't want to get into speculation about shit happening at Chipotle. Or in Halloween candy that I really ought ought not to be concerned with. You know what I mean? think you do and uh, I thank you watching a lot of TikTok not recently but I mean I have watched a lot of TikTok and I had to stop because it was just all cooking videos that I saw like with really odd wrong methods of making food and it's just it shows me that Americans love to eat a lot of slop in vast quantities and then divide that slop into smaller containers and stack them neatly in their gigantic refrigerators. And um, I, I can't play that. Like I said, I, I found somebody was making a recipe for Pop Rocks chicken. Pop Rocks. They have, they have, a, they have bone broth Pop Rocks now, you know? You know all those food, food crazes like Traeger grills and the the, the the one pot, the fucking air fryers. Like you don't need to fuck with shit and try a different method to arrive at the same result. You want to make chicken wings, just make chicken wings the regular way. You know. You don't need to put them in a in a a sideways toaster. You know. You've got one toaster, just flip that sideways and put the chicken in. <clears throat> or try it, you know. If you especially if you I don't know, you could go to like Sir Latab and get like a and get like a like a very small toaster oven rack with a handle on it. So you could just slide it in and out of your tiny coat toaster and just cook a little pile of chicken at a time. Like I'm talking really fine dice that chicken 
you know you know how you'll all right i'm gonna break it down for you like i'm a satellite zooming out from space in on earth all right and we're gonna examine how small i'm talking about this chicken all right so you're gonna cut it in half lengthwise then you're gonna cut it in half uh otherwise and then you're going to cut those pieces in half lengthwise and otherwise crosswise yeah crosswise is what that's called so now you should have what like eight pieces right you had four from the first series of cuts then you divide those in two you got four and four and then cut the even sections in two there and you've got oh you got like 16 now do that like 16 more times and then just put it on the board and you want these like clean tiny squares like you know sometimes you'll see a beet salad from like a like a bistro you you never thought you had enough money to go to like you know one of those restaurants you'll walk up to on the street and just go to the menu and just squint at it and you're like wow 45 dollars for quail 45 dollars for a quail i can get a whole rotisserie chicken genetically modified juicy it's got all breasts it's got breasts for arms breasts for legs um wings rather you do order chicken wings after all not chicken arms although that would be that would be pretty cool to to get like a you know they call like a lamb like a lamb shank that's from the leg motherfucker just call it an arm you know like like I would go to a bistro that served gator arm in Florida, you know, that would be a Florida bistro menu item, fried gator arm. And you just play darts and drink, you know, whatever, tropical drinks with really bottom shelf uh, whiskey and uh, rum and like vodka and stuff um, as part of a dinner cruise. Um, wherein you get all you can drink watered down bottom shelf liquor and Kool-Aid mixed. I actually did that with my, my wife and my mother-in-law and, uh, some other relatives down in Clearwater. That was interesting. I had a really bad hangover from that. Very bad headaches. But I digress. And you can get that whole chicken for $10 from Costco. Or Costco, as some people call it. Costco is a phenomenon, man. They have them in Japan, even. But anyway, food crazies, or food crazes were spendy at first you know you would you would have to go to the grocery store you'd spend three hundred dollars to make like a like a pheasant casserole and it and you serve it not in a regular size casserole dish but you serve it in like a um like a tiny ramekin and it's delicate and you're paying for the delicacy and that's what you're paying for at the restaurant just it's it's presented to you and it's cooked for you and it's fucking expensive because someone had to get a very small gun or even a slingshot with a pebble in it and wait for that pheasant to land on a fence and then when it's looking the other way you just pop it in the head with that pebble from the slingshot and he's like Ooh! he falls to the ground and then you put a trank dart in his neck and the trank dart costs money so you know Part of the sticker price for a for a plate of pheasant at a nice bistro is uh, is for the trank dart, you know. And then of course you boil the thing alive, and then you just rip off the feathers, and it goes right on the plate, right? Forty-five dollars. Whereas you can get a chicken that is cooked with all breast limbs and breasts and a breast for a head. For ten dollars and you can throw that whole thing in your one pot with your laundry and your taxes and you simmer that shit for ten days 
and it doesn't work. But TikTok will show you right up to the point where it reveals, and then it'll say like, watch part two. We'll show you how this all, it all makes sense in the next video, you fucking addict. Keep swiping through TikTok. It's insidious. Um, yeah, so TikTok's just full of that bullshit, you know? I saw a lady throw a loaf of bread, bag and all, with an entire container of cayenne pepper into one pot, and, and after four hours, the bread just disappeared. It wasn't even a foo video, it was a magic trick. The bag was filled with the spice and tied off. You know, essentially, it was a magic trick that found a way to ruin food and restore the spices in one go. Restore them, that is. Um, my all-time favorite thing on TikTok is watching the dads uh, showing you how to make like omelets and shit on a giant like outdoor griddle. Like they've basically they've gone to Home Depot, and all the dads in America have found out like you've got a giant cooking surface that you can put outside and add onto your grill and basically build a diner around your grill. You see these dads cooking like 80 eggs and like hash browns for like two fucking platoons of men. And like, um, you know, like biscuits and shit and gravy and They've got brisket from the day before, and he looks like he's serving an army. And I just love it, but you never see the family or anything like that digging into it or enjoying it. He's like, yep, me and the family are getting together. We're gonna have omelets by the pool for July 4th. So I'm getting up extra early. It's 5 a.m. out here, and you just see smoke like pouring from this griddle. It's like this entire like diner-sized griddle, maybe like six feet wide and like two feet deep, three feet deep, something like that. And he's just got two big spatulas. And like, like I said, he's got like one of those professional industrial kitchen size metal mixing bowls with like a hundred egg yolks in them. And he's got like his hunting knife. So it's extra rustic, but he pours the eggs out. And then he's like, got the two spatulas in it. It's like dad playing iron chef. And you never see the family. You never see the legions of people who are supposed to eat this food before it goes cold or goes bad. It's not like you can just save a bunch of eggs like that. So it's like, but I like to imagine that that guy's like a single dad. He's not cooking for anybody. He's just really enjoying his griddle, you know? Or he is married and he's like, his wife's like, man, I feel like Thai food tonight. It's like, oh yeah, I could do that on the griddle. And she's like, oh God, I knew he was going to bring up the fucking griddle again. He's doing everything on that griddle. You know, he's cooking rotisserie chickens under buckets on the griddle. He's squirting water in there with them and just letting them cook. You know, he made me eggplant Parmesan on the griddle and it tasted terrible. It tasted like the pancakes that were stuck on it, you know? He's out there till 2 a.m. scraping and cleaning that thing and treating it, seasoning it. He got a lock for it so no one else can use it because he's the griddle master. His apron says so he bought one. He bought a griddle master apron. And yesterday I walked into the fucking kitchen and on the kitchen table, he's got an application for a griddle master competition in Las Vegas in 2022. So that might be the end date for my marriage. You know, fucking crazy obsessive dads cooking shit on the griddle. We can totally do a salad on the griddle. It's like, I don't need it cooked. Just take the greens and put them on a plate with dressing. Yeah, but have you had them charred? Here. Go grab that entire pallet of lettuce over there and let's put it in the middle third of the 
of the griddle. I really like to break the griddle up into thirds. I do the starches on the left, I do the eggs in the middle, the proteins, and then I got the fats, I got the bacon on the other third. And then what I do is I, after I flip them, I just sort of drag the spatula through the middle. Crosswise, I go right arm over the left arm, left arm back under the right arm, and I got a spatula in each hand, and I'm drawn from the center line of the eggs, and I'm dragging it through, and I'm cutting it in half, and then I'm cutting it in half vertically, crosswise and otherwise. You know, dads love to have stuff to obsess over. You know, there's a lot of like lawn mowing videos or like drywall mudding videos or like, you know, like, I don't know, lots of home improvement movies, like planer videos, like, 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 like sanding wood floors and latest one I saw was like squeezing wet or uh, whipped cream through like a big garlic press kind of thing so it looks like a like a play-doh machine but it's it's whipped cream um yeah I'm having a strange experience here with food lately um at least in the virtual space so um Anyway, what else have I got to talk about? Let's take a break, let's listen to some music, and then I'll come back and uh, sort of wrap this up. nine-part series and it's a trilogy about trilogies so I don't I don't know where I am in the middle it's hard to divide nine by two and, and know cleanly where you fit in the narrative but yeah it's, it's gonna be good um, you know I was talking about evolution I, I I think if we evolve backward, I think human evolution place takes place on a standing up to sitting down trajectory. Hunter, gatherer, you know, office worker, hoarder, and that's it. That's it for us. Like we got another 30 years or however long it takes to fill up, fill up Larry's house in Cucamonga, Rancho Cucamonga. Um, we've been putting in gardens in our, in our house, you know, we've had it for a couple years and like, like I said, the yard is kind of shitty, but my wife is the green thumb. So she started putting in like plants and stuff like that. And she got like a little garden gnome thing, except it's like, she calls it a, like a, a metal gnome or something like that, or like black metal gnome. Because he looks like uh, he's got a cloak on, like he's a member of Sun O, or uh, or like or like Dark Throne or something like that. So that's cool. Cause I like that kind of music, you know. But like, I kind of like the idea that he's a really smart little guy with a pointy hat and a beard, and his name is Noam Chomsky. You know, I'll I'll go up to him while I'm while I'm observing the honeybees, or while I'm observing uh, 
how much of the rich soil has leached out and how much bullshit sand is in the garden, I'll start talking to him and he might say, you know, cunning linguistic things like adjective is a noun, you know? He said to me one time, I wonder if Common has ever considered calling his next record, come on. Yeah, I don't know. This is kind of all over the place and kind of bullshit today, but I guess that's what I needed. I just needed to, to jam. So, uh, you know, get it out of my system. This is loose movement after all. And this has been the seventh loose movement. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And, uh... I will, I will talk to you next week. If you need to get a hold of me, go ahead and email burrows334 at gmail.com. Look up William S. Burrows. That's the spelling of the name. Burrows334 at gmail.com. Uh, give me some feedback or any questions you want me to address on the air. Um, I don't know what this is supposed to be. It's loose. I talk about shit. I riff. I, uh, you're seeing it. You're hearing it. You're hearing not seeing. But, uh, yeah, if you listen, thanks for listening. And, uh, I'll check in with you for number eight next week. Later. Later.